0: You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What's up, guys? Kelsey, Charles, Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation, as always. Hello,
2: happy Friday, everybody. and happy
1: Taylor Swift is re- releasing
2: 1989 Taylor's version day. <laughs> also, happy. It's almost the first preseason day. and happy, we have a really fun guest on today. day. Sod.
3: What's up, homies? I'm' glad I've missed seeing you guys just because I feel like it's been so long since what was that last year? ago that like we last were at that uh i forgot whose house that was was that was that jeff cavanaugh's house or something yeah um yeah. that was a that was a while back it was like yeah uh, and so that's it's the, been a long time
1: i know like yeah that's that's definitely a thing gosh it, we actually need to i mean in in my in your my defense i don't necessarily live in the metroplex anymore so that's fair <laughs> i'd
2: love to well, see you so yeah. come
1: on. From I, I, will. I to will
2: give you a bit more of a f- more formal introduction. This is Saad Yusuf with the athletic who is, um, one of the newer beat writers for the Dallas Cowboys this year. Let's go he's
1: with the athletic, but now he's with the Cowboys and we love it. Yeah. I feel like you've always kind of covered the Cowboys. Like, let's be honest, the athletics podcast about the Dallas Cowboys. How about the Impa- Cowboys podcast? is my personal favorite. If I'm going to just be fully transparent here, I'm not even saying that because you're on the show, but genuinely, like, I just, I love that podcast. It's so informative. Like you guys are all my friends. And so it just makes it fun in general, but you've done a bunch of appearances on it anyways. Like, I feel like you were always like coming in, even though you're covering the stars and like, you had like bunch of like Cowboys opinions either way. So I'm sure there's like a bit of continuity for you, even though this is Cowboys is your full-time gig now
3: yeah i mean like i i covered the cowboys basically not full-time but like very actively 2015 to 2020 so before i even got the stars beat i was still because i was a ga so i was covering the stars mavericks and cowboys and and a little bit of rangers but um so i was doing that for like five years and then end of 2020 beginning 2021 is when i moved on to the stars beat but even then um as you mentioned like i've been on the podcast but also i work at the ticket and so I do a lot of Cowboys, you know, I'll, I'll do like Cowboy stuff for them. um, going out to practices, stuff like that. Like even before I got the job uh, this summer, I was out at OTAs just because I love football. So like, for me, like, that's just kind of like something I do in my free time. Like as soon as the stars playoff run ended uh, that week, it, the, the run ended on a Monday and they had OTAs on Wednesday and I was, I was there just taking it all in. It was before I even got the job. So I love uh, it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've been I've been very present with the Cowboys.
1: I love it. Well, um we're pumped to get your boots on the ground opinion, but I also do love because, you know, again like Meg and I have been around for a minute as have you and so I feel like we are pretty familiar and friendly with a lot of the media that are already out there but it's really fun for me personally and I'm sure Meg too to get your perspective because you said this is your first time in oxnard and hopefully you listen to our podcast um if not I wish you were in town for a few more days because like the yeah. recommendations I would have had for you my friend like hopefully you've done a solid list of official like training camp things which I'm sure you have like you're with the right crew like I, I mean have first you you got- yeah, like have you gone to the what's the dive bar that we love, Meg that I'm forgetting right now? Rudder room? Yeah. Have you been to Rudder Room? Please say yes. Uh
3: I I've been outside of it. I haven't been to it. Yeah. Go tonight. I have, <laughs> yeah. I um, you know what? I might. I don't have any plans tonight. So I might do that for you sure. It's my go. last night here. So
2: right yeah. on the water. So I mean you you got the good vibes, yeah. Regardless. Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: yeah. I've done like a lot of the restaurant stuff, like the uh there's Topper's pizza here. There's like uh, Anaba sushi, um, Oh sushi. I I just posted a picture on my Twitter of, of, uh, the sushi dinner I had last night. So, um, yeah, I've done a lot of that stuff, but, and, and definitely have been mingling with all those media, fine media folks that you're mentioning.
1: (laughs) How was your first media party? Did you go?
3: Yes, I did (laughs) actually. So the funny thing is that's the day I got in and I swear it was just a coincidence. Like it was not (laughs) something that was like pre-planned. I just like, it it happened to be that I got clearance to go August 1st. And, uh, as soon as the calendar turned to August and that was the night of the media party, but it was, it was everything. They hype it up to me. I mean, all you can eat sushi. The desserts were amazing. Like everyone is just like chilling there. They have the whole thing reserved in the back, um, off the coast. So like, uh, you know, Jerry, Steven, everybody's there. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was a really good time. It was it was really cool because like, you know, as long as I've been around the Cowboys, it's always been in a very formal way. I think that was my first informal uh, setting, seeing Jerry and Steven and, you know, things like that. So um, yeah, that was a lot of fun.
1: I love Nobu with a passion and I've never been to that party. And I know like, because I thought you were
2: in that location. I was like, girl,
1: no. Oh no. I've been to Nobu and Malibu, like trust as Good. I'm like, going like full California douche. Actually, I just realized that wearing my aviator nation hat, like, wow. Me. <laughs> um, my goodness. But yes, that is such like a premium location. Did you, I mean, did you see any other celebrities? Cause I always feel like whenever I go there, there's always like one or two celebrity sightings. Like that's probably one of the biggest things I felt like about Cowboys training camp is that they're are a solid slew of celebrity sightings, whether you're like offsite or at camp itself.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, Al Michaels was there and and there was somebody else from, from a TV show or something that I'm, that people said, but I didn't recognize that. I didn't watch that show, but I forgot which one it was, but there was a couple of celebrities at the party. And then like, yeah, you've seen a few people roll through and practice and stuff too, but, um, but nothing like Jamie Foxx or, you know, years past, uh, where it's been like, the super big ones. Um yeah. but yeah. Yeah.
1: I love it. I love it. Okay. Last first because um what'd you say, Meg?
2: Never forget Mishoda's profile picture for forever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the Jamie Fox. So or no, Denzel. Denzel one.
3: Denzel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was I I I always tell that story, but like that was like one of the one moments in my life when I've been like utterly and completely starstruck. And it's like I how can you not be around freaking Denzel yeah. Washington? Like, golly. Anyways, um, you did tell another funny person. I feel like I, you have to share with the class, but you got your first sunburn. Like this is, you really are like getting the full California experience, my friend. Like, are you okay though?
3: <laughs> I, I'm okay. I, I feel so, um, I don't know what the word is. Um, I was so arrogant. Like that last week we were talking at practice and there was some, there, there was a lot of like, um, media reporters, uh, TV people, and, uh, let's say, uh, people of lighter, uh, skin
1: complexion. (laughs)
3: Uh, and I'm like, they're all telling me how, you know, they have to douse themselves with sunscreen, all this. And I'm somebody who grew up in Texas. I played, you know, four years, high school football, played football my whole life in Texas, outside stuff like that. Never put on sunscreen. And so I'm like being all braggy about it. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't need sunscreen, whatever. And then literally earlier this week in, in my second week, I just woke up one day and like my forehead is peeling, like my nose, none of it hurts. Like, I know like some people say like, like for them, like sunburns hurt or something and like, or it gets really red. Um, I'm for, for those who can't like see and who don't know what I look like. I'm like very Brown, so I don't get red. Um, But I definitely was peeling and that was the first time I've ever dealt with that in my life so I (laughs) I have like joined the struggle now
1: welcome to the club my friend (laughs) welcome to the club okay well I have a first since we're on the topic of first it's um, hilarious and embarrassing and then I want to dive into all things training camp but you reminded me of it when you were saying your first ever um sunburn I probably feel like one of the first times like in a random public place I got recognized like this guy walks up to me and he's like hey like is your name Kelsey and I was like yeah, I was at baggage claim at an airport and he like recognized me, but go back like an hour previous, we're on the flight together. And he actually sits next to my boyfriend, like across the aisle and they start talking like whatever, they both are musicians and all of that. Then we start having like the worst turbulence ever. And Megan Murray, one of my dearest friends knows this better than anyone else. Um, I am an anxiety queen and I hate turbulence. Like I'll be like straight up like texting her and Dave and being like I'm gonna die and they're like you're not gonna die and I'm like I'm going to die <laughs> um anyways I was unwell like it was like bad turbulence I like physically have to get up and like lock myself into the bathroom of the plane because I'm like I'm gonna lo- I'm gonna lose my stomach like I'm literally I get ill so all that to say the first time I get recognized in public was right after this dude's like watches me like yark <sighs> in the bathroom on a plane for like 30 minutes so there we are that's not the most like Kelsey Charles thing of all time I was like you're welcome everyone
3: (laughs) wait so why did he recognize you from was it social media the podcast or I mean what was it
1: he actually recognized me from DallasCowboys.com valley ranch like back in the day I know I was like yeah I was like wait so do you take that as like a
3: compliment or is it like wow like I've changed so much since then and like like, how dare you still think that I
1: look like that? <laughs> no, I definitely. I'm 33 years old. If you recognize me based on my 23 year old self, I am so like I'm. <laughs> I love it. Like I am here for it. I'm at that age now where I'm like, are you sure you don't want to card me? Like second form ID, I'm happy <laughs> to provide. So um here okay. for it. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um, long story short, embarrassing things were happening, but. I do want to dive in with you and kind of get some of your main, you know, just key takeaways that you've had from this training camp. Um, You know, what are you leaving from Oxnard really coming back to Texas and having in your pocket like, hey, if there were three main things that you just stay top of mind for you or you found interesting at training camp that, you know, a lot of people need to keep in mind storyline wise moving forward.
3: Yeah, oh, man. Narrowing it down to three, I would say um, for me, I, if I if I'm going uh, three to one, number three, and and this is not just for the season, but partially for the preseason as well. So the guy that I'm most interested to see on Saturday in the preseason is Deuce Spawn because he's shown a lot of uh, potential, and especially catching the ball out of the backfield, running the ball. He's been back there with Cavante Turpin, returning kicks. He's done it all. For me what I can't wait to see is the first time he has to pick up a blitz. Because when you're doing that in training camp, the guys are letting up. Um, You don't know, you know, was Deuce going to pick him up or was he going to get bulldozed over and was that going to get sacked? Um, You can't really get a clear read on that in training camp. So for me, Deuce Vaughn for that reason alone. And then also a lot of athletes for the Cowboys, Maverick Stars, Deuce is already in the top three of nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. Like he is just ridiculously kind. So I think, I think, uh, I think, even though we're being objective here, I I really do hope that he, you know, he's able to perform well because um, you know, he's been going about everything the right way. He, he's, he's, he's the one signing autographs late into practice after, after practice is over for fans um, doing all that. So I would say that, the second thing for me is probably Jalen and leaving that vague on purpose, because for me, it's either Jalen Brooks or Jalen Tolbert. Both receivers have been phenomenal. Um, Jalen Tolbert, you know, I, I just did a story on him and that came out yesterday or er, today. And, um, and, you know, it's really interesting to see his transition from year one to year two, because I think a lot of us forget like he was drafted in the third round and it was already viewed as a reach. Like the Cowboys, it was always like, man, this, this receiver out of South Alabama in the third round, like after you traded away Amari Cooper, all this, Gallup working his way back from an ACL surgery, didn't even start the season. I think there was a lot of pressure on Jalen Tolbert to really get it all together in like three months and be ready to play, not just in the NFL, but for the Dallas Cowboys. And so I think there was a lot of pressure there. Whereas now. in his second year back from injury is ready to roll cd looks like cd and now you got brandon cook so jalen tolbert is really able to ease his way in and be the number four receiver which we all saw from a few years back when cedric wilson was doing his thing that's not a nothing role like a number four receiver is an important role um but i think jalen tolbert last year had to be like the number two number three and it was just a little too much for him uh jalen brooks Uh, you know if you listen to about them cowboys it's something I've coined uh, the Lance Lenore syndrome where you know a receiver always pops off in training camp and this year it's Jalen Brooks Uh, really curious to see how that translates uh, to preseason and then the number one thing I would say is Parsons for me to say that he looks like he might be defensive player of the year is just like bland I think like I think he's a top three MVP candidate, um, you know, just the way that he's playing. I know it's going to be hard to supplant a quarterback in the MVP race. But if if you ask me, I think last year, a couple of years ago, like, you know, people would be like, who's the best non-quarterback MVP? And it was like Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald, you know, those kind of guys. Micah Parsons might be number one in MVP voting outside of quarterbacks. So Mahomes and Burrow and, and you know, even maybe Dak or whoever might – might take that, but Micah Parsons looks like a man possessed. And uh, training camp again it's kind of tough. I actually asked Mike McCarthy this today, where I was like, you know, is it hard to judge guys in the trenches versus receivers and corners because you're just you know not going full full physical? But Micah has just been <laughs> the the best thing. The best way to explain how good Micah was is that last week when we talked to him, he had to almost going he had to be a lawyer for Tyron Smith like he had to be like look I know what I'm doing to Tyron but trust me Tyron is still really good and like and I just have figured him out and it was just so funny because he's standing up there we're like and and it wasn't for nothing like we literally you know we're standing around and we're like he's doing that to Tyron Smith like is Micah that good or is Tyron falling off and it's just Micah's that good so I would say those three things are kind of uh the three things that I'm taking back
1: that's a moment in time to have Micah Parsons be defending Tyron Smith and like to, I'm sure just to watch Tyron Smith get taken advantage of by, by anyone, right? Like he's just one of the best to ever do it like that. I can like, that just must've been crazy. That must've been crazy. Like a hundred percent insane. I love, you know, the hype about Micah. We've is not new, but what I'm loving more and more about him is the evolution kind of like you just mentioned and you, and you referenced like even him sitting there, like having those conversations about Tyron Smith, like let's not forget that going into the draft before, you know, when he's over at Penn state, like there was concerns about like off the field and you know, those types of things. And man, like that couldn't be farther away in the rear view mirror, at least seemingly. So like how he's been able to gel with this team, his contributions, you know, mentally, but also, you know, that's the kind of player you just you don't you can't find those like they're like once in a lifetime type of guys like am I wrong in that assessment at this point
3: no you're absolutely right and and you know something again another question that like I asked McCarthy like last week was because you know another thing about Micah and and again I wasn't here for those first two training camps but um even watching from afar Micah's in his third year he's got to be like what 24 25 years old something like that the leadership that he's kind of shown on the field, we all know Layton is kind of the, he's the general, he's running things. He's getting the plays in the helmet. He's lining everybody up, but to watch Micah Parsons tell like, you know, uh, overshone, like, you know, where to go, how to rush and, and different little things like that. It's not necessarily. And, and, you know, McCarthy said this too, it all starts with your merit. Like there's no question. Micah knows what he's doing, but also, he when he goes out there, you can just tell everybody respects him. And I think, you know, there's a there's it's an interesting perception thing because like you said, you're absolutely right. There was all this, you know, before the draft stuff at Penn State. I also see a lot of people sometimes talking about like how active he is on Twitter. He sees things, he's replying to things, and people take that as like a sign of like immaturity or whatever. I really don't see that. And especially not on the field. Like on the field, um, you know, he's very confident. Uh, you know, he was doing a radio interview, uh, on the ticket and like, and I think one of them talked about like, you know, it's you and Nick Bosa and all this guy. And he was like, and I'm paraphrasing, but only slightly. He was like, it's an insult to put me with Nick Bosa. Like I am, I am me. Like I am like, like, and, and he based, he's like, those guys are pass rushers. Like I can guard Saquon Barkley. I can do this, whatever. Um, and then, you know, the other day, I forgot who asked him in the press conference about, you know, DeMarcus Ware going to the Hall of Fame and about him going, him being a Hall of Famer someday. And he was like, I don't I like the Hall of Fame doesn't even do it for him. He's like, I want to be the best of the best in the Hall of Fame. And so um, I think he has a very fun confidence about him. Someone who I, who I believe who is honestly probably my favorite player in the NFL is Joe Burrow. And I think Joe Burrow has that, you know, that really, that aura of that. Yeah. He's so confident, but he's not like, he's not annoyingly cocky or anything. Um, I, Like, he's cocky, but it, it doesn't annoy you. It just comes off the right way. He has that swag about him. And I think Micah Parsons is the same way. He just has that swag about him.
1: God, you're on the right podcast.
2: <laughs> I, I thought of Joe Burrow just gave me shivers.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> but on the Micah Parsons topic um he you know he's obviously someone who has a lot of position flex um I asked Dave this question but you're a little more boots on the ground over there um has there been any guys on defense or even no we'll just stick on defense um that like you've noticed them playing a little bit of a flex position or like you know because we had Izzy that was like uh safety slash cornerback are we seeing any of that out there
3: uh, you hit exactly what I was going to say. I, a lot of it in the secondary. So we've seen even Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore switch sides every now and then. Um, it'll be really interesting to see uh, when Jordan Lewis is back, how that plays with Deron Bland. Um, obviously, they have three safeties they feel really good about with Hooker, Curse, and um, and Donovan Wilson. And Donovan's been out with the injury. So I think there's going to be a lot of flex with with the safeties. I think most of that's going to come in the secondary. To be honest, um, I think there'll be a little bit with linebackers. I think Micah Parsons, calling uh, calling him a linebacker, I guess you can officially, but he's a pass rusher. He's he's a little bit of everything in the box. Um, I think Demont, like Leighton Vander is your stand-up linebacker, and then I think Damone Clark and Jabril Cox and Overshown, like these guys, will have some flexibility to move around. But I think I think mostly the flexibility that I've seen has come in the secondary, and then also at receiver. Uh, one thing that they've really done a lot with, uh, even with Michael Gallup, to be honest, like, or I, I, like, I don't know if I've seen it as much with Gallup, but McCarthy's talked about it is the difference between playing slot and outside. And we know Brandon cooks and we know for sure CD lamb can do it because we've seen that over the last few years, but I think they're going to do that with Gallup a little bit too. Uh, I mentioned Jalen Tolbert, like he was playing outside inside. So the receivers and the secondary is kind of where there's been the most position flex that I've noticed.
0: You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Do you feel like that'll be something that this team, you know, kind of starts to use as a bit of their calling card that they're able to groom a good handful of players that do have position flex. That's valuable because I think there's two schools of thought with position flex. There's the one that's like, master of none you know jack of all trades master of none but then you also have the versatility don't know what to expect micah parsons freak of nature zach martin you put him you know in the secondary and he'd find a way to make some sort of impact even if he's just yelling at someone i'm kidding but you know what i'm saying (laughs) it's like do you feel like that's something that this team is leaning more and more into in recent years and do you think that's a strategy or where's your head at with that
3: yeah, I I do think they're leaning into it. And it, it gives me a little bit of, I would say, cautious optimism, maybe cause for concern, cautious optimism, something between that. Because I think you can see someone like CD do that. And you can see someone like Micah Parsons do it. Uh, you can't start asking all your players to do that, because then you're going to fall into exactly what you just said of master of none. Uh, some guys, you just have to let them, you know, let them do their thing with what they're good at. And so I'm curious to see how many different players they do use that with. I think they're going to, I think one place that they're going to have to explore some things with in terms of versatility between pass catching, chip blocking, all that stuff is going to be their tight end group because it's a big bag of unknown. Like, it's not nothing. I think they have a lot of potential there, uh, but we just don't know. I mean, between Ferguson and Hendershot, but then you had Schoonmaker who just came off, John Stevens, uh, another tight end has actually been. Uh, a pretty pretty decent standout in camp so um that's one where you know in the past we've seen okay blake jarwin is your pass catching tight end dalton schultz will do a little bit more stay in when they were both together and stuff like that Um, i'm curious to see how that'll happen but in general i think if you're the guys that i feel most confident about their flex um and i'm probably leaving some some off but i'm going off the top of my head definitely micah cd J. ron curse and Cavante Turpin like today Turpin in practice was taking handoffs out of the backfield so um he's yeah he's he's been doing it all I think Tony Pollard to some extent as well um falls into that category uh so I think yeah I think you want to have position Flex but the other thing is where a lot of times people want the most flexibility is if you're if you're short in in some area the Cowboys have one of the deepest teams in my lifetime that I've seen. Like I'm talking not necessarily best team, but I'm talking the depth, like they're number three or four almost down the, down the roster is really strong, especially on defense. So, um, you know, let some of those guys just do what they do best.
1: Yeah. That reminds me of like John Calipari when he was doing all that platooning and he was you know, like where he was like, Hey, my first, second, third, like we'll take on your first all day. I actually do want to talk about the receivers though, because I feel like this is always like a hot topic. And, you know, I for selfish reasons, Meg and I are friends with the Schultzes. And so I was personally sad to see them go. Um, but on a on a on an actual like analyzing the weapons that they have here, you know, you talked about some of these guys that you were impressed with. I think that historically, you know, it's really easy to see people and have pet cats come out of camp. You just talked about, you know, the Jalen's, and that's great. But can you really feel like you get a good analysis of the level of skill that you have on the field when you're playing against each other, right? You mentioned it just a moment ago, too, where you're not going full speed. You're not trying to hurt each other. You're not really doing the whole thing. And it's really easy to get in your own little vacuum and convince yourself that, like, you're winning a Super Bowl yet again, right? right. Like, how, Realistically, how are you feeling about the level of talent on the skill side of things on the offensive side of the ball?
3: Pretty good. And the reason why is because I it, it's not so much how I feel about the skill on offense. It's more about how I feel about the defense. Like I think Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore are a top three lockdown tandem in the NFL. And then when you see receivers making plays on them, it's 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 not that I think, oh, Dak just made this awesome play to CD. It's like Wow, CD just just beat Stefan Gilmore. Like that's that like that's not a joke. And so um I think I feel good about it, but I'm I'm still in the camp that you are where I, I don't think that like, you know, a lot of this stuff really translates until it goes into the games. And we're not gonna see a lot of it in preseason just because of one, it's preseason, you never do, but then, you know, today in practice, Chuma Adoga just went down with an injury, Zach Martin's holding out. Um, Tyler Biotish had a scare the other day but he's fine Um, you're not going to put Dak behind those behind a makeshift offensive line which means you're also not going to then put your receivers and tight ends out with Cooper Rush and Will Greer necessarily so um, I feel good about it Uh, I feel a lot better about the receivers than I do about you know necessarily the tight ends Um, with backup running back I think uh, it, it'll be really interesting to see how they utilize everybody behind Tony Pollard, because I think a lot of those guys bring different skill sets between Rico Dowdle, Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, and even Ronald Jones. He's hurt right now and going to be suspended, obviously, uh, for a couple games. But, um, you know, I go back to uh, some of the mid to mid to late, to, late 2000s, 2010s, whatever, um, when the whole like smash and dash era was really going on in the NFL with like, you know, a big running back and then a small one. I think the face of that was kind of like you know in Carolina with Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, but um, I really am curious to see like how that plays with Tony Pollard because I think he's your dash. But a lot of the guys that you have are also dashes; they're not necessarily smashes, except for maybe Ronald Jones. Yeah. Um, so I'm
1: curious to see how I all Zeke was that is so plays good out. for them.
3: Right. Exactly. So I- I'm curious to see how that plays out. But uh, I, you know, I mentioned this uh, before I came out to training camp two weeks ago. The tight end position is just going to be a big question mark until you get answers because um, tight end go look around the around one around the league um, really honestly unless you're Burrow and you have like you know your best buddy Jamar Chase like I, a lot of a lot of guys you know, like you know for them tight end is their security blanket you look at Mahomes and Kelsey you know Brady had Gronk for a long time and you know all the way through I think a lot of times that's how it does go with quarterbacks. Uh, and I don't know. And Dak had so much trust with Schultz that I don't really know, like, you know, how that picks up, um, whether it's with Ferguson or Hendershot. Uh, I think they were really high on Schoonmaker, but we just haven't seen a whole lot of them yet.
1: I always like to call the tight ends the, the whoopee. It's, it really, yes. it's it's like this, like it's I think I picked that up from Nick Eatman like years ago with Jason Witten and Tony Romo, whereas like Witten was the whoopee where you could just throw it up and like you knew like you could count on like your guy to like get you out of the situation and you're right like Schultz became that for Dak for sure like they really focused on their chemistry so lots of questions marks I don't know I I I hate to be so cynical but I just I feel like this team has made me this way at this point (laughs) I have to be in order to like keep my head on straight going into the year try not to convince myself year in year out that they're Super Bowl contenders because I mean i feel like there's always a way
3: yeah for sure
1: that's my job <laughs>
3: <laughs> I well i think i i think like the the other thing is like you know when you talk about super bowl contenders you also have to always look at your surroundings and the nfc loses brady loses rogers um i think all the you know and and then you look at the afc i, I mean one division has like Herbert Mahomes and you know uh whatever else and so thank you uh, yeah you have all that then you have burrow and then you have um whatever you go down the list and so that's another reason why you know you talk about Super, Super Bowl contention is just because the Cowboys are that good but then also they don't have a whole lot that they're competing with um in the in not even in the division but really in the conference
1: yeah for sure yeah all right, so going into this weekend, I know Meg and I were kind of chatting. Did you have some like people to look out for? Uh, I, I could see you about to say something, Meg. Please.
2: I was just gonna say we have what Deuce, the Jalen's, and obviously we're not gonna see Micah. That was those are your takeaways, but I feel like those are guys to watch. Um, I yeah, I'm curious about that, and I want to also after I want to hear about Jabril Cox. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I think, you know, for me, Mozzie Smith is a big one, Uh was, you know, especially after he had a little bit of a injury scare or whatever that was, and so, like, he was out there for walkthroughs and stuff, really would like to see Mozzie Smith and Overshown. Um, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with Micah, that, you know, the trench guys are hard to evaluate, at least for me in practice, just because you don't know when the signal is come for, to let up and stuff like that. You just can't go all out. Especially when I'm sure you guys saw Micah hit Dak in the knees, and like you know, you that really you know you have to reel people back in that hey, you need to go all out, but you don't need to go that all out. Um, and then you mentioned the Jalen's. Um, there's two other there's two other things that I'm really looking looking for, and one is basically the entire offensive line um, because of the way that Zach Martin situation fills in or you know factors into all this. Really looking for that. But I don't think that we're going to see a whole lot of that, at least in the first preseason game. I'll be surprised to see if we see too much of it, um, you know, throughout the preseason anyways, given how thin they're getting. So that's more of a what to watch for in the season. But in the preseason, uh I know you guys are going to feel the same way about me with this. Brandon Aubrey, whatever is happening with that kicking situation, like, like, they got to figure it out. Like, okay. Brandon Aubrey. <laughs> Brandon Aubrey had a good couple of days of practice here, but it was a rough week and a half. Obviously they let go of of their other kicker. Um, He's the only one in camp. You know, I think when you look at what's out there, you have Mason Crosby, who has a history with McCarthy. To me, the best kicker out there is probably Robbie Gould, who, you know, is a top 10 most accurate kicker in the history of the league. Whatever you do, you have to figure out what your answer is before the regular season begins like you can't have this you know given away week two and then trying to find something in the middle of week b- between week two and week three like you got to figure this out before uh the season begins so you know brandon aubrey in the kicking situation is probably you know as high as anything as i'm looking for in the in the preseason because there's also no other factors like you can't you can't look at a receiver and be like oh but what would he look like with Dak or, you know, a running back? Oh, oh, what would he look like running behind Zach Martin with the kicker? Like you either got it or you don't. And so, you know, I'm really looking forward to that.
1: And this is where you start to call the soccer players. Like let's call Carly Lloyd (laughs) Lloyd. Like, I don't care. Like, let's go. Sorry. That's like the one TV show (laughs) reference I'll ever make. I think like congrats (laughs) to me for actually making some relevant (laughs) cultural reference for once in my life. Um, Okay.
3: But like, The other thing with Aubrey, he's a soccer player, like MLS player, like, like he is that. So, you know, you're looking, you're looking at that and I'm like, you know, it was especially funny because like the whole time, all this, the the weekend that this was going on Saturday was an epic disaster. They went one for six, the both kickers combined. And then Monday they cut one kicker, Tristan, and then uh, Aubrey had had a decent day, whatever. Um, And so I think, uh, I think that is um, that that is something that like you know, and then in between that, Messi goes nuts in Dallas, and so I was like just you know thinking about the kicker situation a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you're right. Like you know, whatever it is, they have to figure that out.
2: Yeah. Well, okay, so Robbie Gold. I mean, I feel like I've heard people just like, why are we even bothering with Aubrey? Like, bring him in or whatever. Which I mean, th- we always love a little kicker competition. That's fine, but I. I didn't follow the, you know, towards the end of his career where, um, his like in his previous place, was he still at the Niners?
3: Well, Aubrey, Aubrey is straight from, um, you no, know, I'm talking
2: about Robbie.
3: Oh, Sorry. Robbie. No. Yeah. Rob. Yeah. Robbie, Robbie Gould was just 49ers last year. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I don't recall how the tail end of his, um, you know, career went obviously he has good history, but it kind of worries me like a, um, uh minnesota dan bailey situation um well, how was how was the, the tail end of his uh his time how about,
1: how about not yeah
2: yeah
3: yeah i mean look uh, to be honest like you know if they wanted to go get him they could like you know for for whatever money and stuff like that they can make it happen but you know talking to jerry jerry jones the other day after practice and I think uh, I think they're playing a little bit of mind games with Aubrey, like in terms of trying to, trying to show him how confident they are in him, having him be the only kicker in camp, um, saying that, like, you know, they're very comfortable. Not just very – the thing that stuck out to me, what Jerry said, was, like, he didn't say that they're very comfortable with Brandon Aubrey right now. He said, we're very comfortable with going into the regular season. And, like, I call BS on that because, like, there's no way – you're watching practice for the last week, and you're very comfortable going into the season. So I think I think like if if Brandon Aubrey has a really bad game on Saturday, I don't think he's at practice on Monday. So um, you know we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah,
2: hoping can get into the yips.
3: Yeah. I, I have the yips, as uh, Jerry Jones calls it.
2: <laughs> calls him the yips.
3: He called it the yips the other day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that <Yeah. was> good. <laughs> So, he has a vocabulary of his own really yeah
1: truly truly does well um meg i feel like we got a good uh you know first of everything taste of oxnard what your main takeaways are things for this weekend did i miss anything else like you know we could oh, talk wait, to you all day Joe cox i need mean oh, to know Gerville cox
2: thank because, you because you know throughout the year he just seemed to be a healthy scratch and obviously as an LSU fan, I uh, was wanting to see him on the field and it seems like there wasn't really a good excuse as to why they weren't putting him in the games. Just, you know, it came down to scheme at the end of the day. How's he looking?
3: Yeah. So you'll be happy to know. I asked about Jabril Cox just today, Chip McCarthy, because he's kind of been my pet cat from the, from the draft. I love Jabril Cox just for his, you know, you guys were talking about the versatility and everything that, you know, a player can do. I think, I feel like Jabril Cox is like the textbook version of that. So, um, you know, they, they like him. Uh, He has to show more consistency in game, in game situations. Like, I think he's another guy that preseason is going to be huge for because they like him, but they don't need him. Um, And so, you know, like they can ride with Layton and, and Damone Clark and, and they have options there at linebacker that they can kind of, you know, roll with, he's a good depth piece unless he forces their hand. So it's all about like, you know, if he's going to actually be able to do that. Um, I think he's looked fine in camp. He hasn't, you know, been spectacular, but he hasn't been bad. Um, he's just, you know, they also haven't played him to, in my opinion, to his full extent, but again, you're that deep on defense. You're not, you're not gonna, they're not going to take Leighton Vanderesh out of the game just to see what they have in Jabril Cox. Like, you got to show them uh, a reason to do that. So I think he's a big, he's going to be a big name to watch in the preseason as well. But um, one thing McCarthy mentioned today when he was answering my question about that was, you know, about Jabril Cox is just like healthy now. So I think I've, obviously he dealt with that, you know, with the big injury uh, when he first got in. And then I think, you know, I, I think like he's been like kind of working his way back, but I feel like now he's finally you know, back to where he should be.
1: And I'm curious to see how that translates. Good news for you, Meg. I love a direct
2: moment. So praying (laughs) for the best.
1: (laughs) Yes. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to see your face as always and loved your insights again, as always, please tell the good people where to find you, what you're up to these days to, you know, follow you for all your amazing work, your podcast, your radio. Like, I mean, literally the whole full month. <laughs> and thank you.
3: Yeah, no, on Twitter, Saad Yusuf 126. Um, and then on the athletic, of course. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm on the ticket, um, as, as well. I, I work part-time at the ticket and I'm, I have my own show on Saturdays. Um, sometimes it's 10 to noon, sometimes it's noon to two. Uh, one of the two. So, Uh, Yeah, I'm there, and then yeah, you know, I'm going to be a lot more, and then of course about the Cowboys podcast as well. So um, yeah, all those different places talking Cowboys, and you know, really excited about you know this entire season, just because I I it it feels so dirty to say because look, I've been in Dallas for most of my life, and I know every year in August they're winning the Super Bowl, but it really feels like a big year for the Cowboys this year, Um, and so. And, and you know, when it does feel that when it feels that way, it means it's going to be a big year one way or the other. Yeah, it's either going to be like, you know, really good or it's going to be a complete catastrophe. So uh we'll, hopefully it's the former, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where
1: it goes. Either way, what you just told us is to buckle up, baby. Yes. <laughs> all right guys well thank yeah. you guys so much for joining us we really do appreciate it make sure you are subscribed to the blog and the boys podcast wherever you're your podcast whether it's spotify apple itunes or stitcher come hang out with us too on social media i mean we like to talk smack back and forth with the likes of sod but he's so nice so we don't do that <laughs> um but i'm at kelsey underscore charles on twitter and i'm at hey kelsey charles on instagram and megan is
2: at meg murray with four r's on instagram and twitter are we using
1: threads? so Are you using threads? I ha- yeah,
3: I created the threads thing, but I haven't I haven't been super active on it in a few weeks. But I, I'm going to start being on threads too. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: I, that's how I feel. I'm like, once we like get into some like game mode, then I'm like, yes, then I like to eat more, and then I like to you know be active on more social media. Anyways, so there you go.
1: Well, yeah, yeah I was gonna say because like I'm on threads at Hey Kelsey Charles, but like i I was like really into it the first like three days, and now I'm like, <laughs> well, I kind of forgot. <laughs> Occasionally, picture be- of my dog out there. <laughs> yeah.
2: I feel like that, I don't know how they would be able to do this, but if it would, wasn't a separate app from Instagram, it would be so much easier for me to just like, yeah. more often. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Like really. Just, <laughs> Anyways, guys, um, there's some final words that we're going to leave you with outside of the random, random wanderings of my mind. And Megan, those are <laughs>
2: Dallas forever, Philly for. Absolutely
1: never. Birds are not real. Bye guys.